0: You see why i love you guys you actually listen and you're so considerate happy birthday eddie in odendals Ras. hope you have a fantastic day um eddie is one of the regular listeners for our show he runs a youth group in odendals russ he's also the library teacher there he makes sure that he He's, he's got SAFM on the radio, in the library all the time. I don't think he's at work today. Also, schools have closed. So uh, no more radio listening for Eddie in the library. But yeah, happy birthday to you, Eddie. And thanks for letting us know that it's your birthday. Ah, brahima Masikela there. The boys are doing it. And of course, we also heard from Margaret Singana. We are growing. So our final conversation of the day is going to focus on Ngosi's. Haven. It really is one of those centers that does not need introduction because, of course, of the name that it carries, Ngosi. Of course, we all remember the story of Ngosi Johnson and his fight for uh, HIV treatment in this country and really being a voice for what it is what is required from government in order to support those who are living with HIV AIDS. His mother, Gail Johnson, is the one who runs and has been running that facility. Gail, good morning to you and thanks for your time today.
1: Good morning, Kathy. How are you? And thank you.
0: I'm um, um, well, thank you. Of course, the conversation has somewhat shifted. And, and by that, by that I mean only in terms of what the country's focusing on, right? So we had World AIDS Day on the 1st of November. There was a lot of talk about, you know, where are we in the fight against HIV, AIDS? And somebody like yourself would have been spoken to quite a number of times uh, just to reflect on South Africa's own journey from a time where you had to fight for treatment to where we are today, where we run the biggest antiretroviral treatment program in the world. But that's not all there is to the fight against HIV AIDS in this country because much of the work, especially under COVID, has and continues to be done by organizations like yours.
1: Yes. COVID COVID has done its own thing, believe me. Yeah, look, The fight against HIV-AIDS is still there. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a concern that there are still infections and people don't seem to be taking responsibility. And maybe we need a full circle of education. But COVID has come and and knocked us all sideways. Um, And it's quite exhausting as to what it's done. Um, both from an energy point of view, trying to keep everyone COVID-free, mm-hmm. but also uh, trying to keep afloat when you know the donor base has just shrunk so drastically, and and uh, we are struggling. We are struggling. Mm.
0: Let's talk about your centre, Gail, because currently you. House, you know, children that have been orphaned by HIV/AIDS. Some of them that are survivors of gender-based violence. Give us a bit of a profile of those who who are taken care of by you,
1: um, Kathy. We, you know, we started as a mum's uh, desert a facility for the destitute HIV infected mom and her kids. And that was simply because and of course he was separated from his mom because of the HIV diagnosis and the stigma and the fear that went with it so many years ago. Um we now seem to be also special needs. We've got moms who are HIV positive but special needs. A couple of We've got a mom who's losing her eyesight rather quickly. We've got a mom who's deaf. Um, And we also, during heavy lockdown last year, opened our doors to GBB survivors because whether they're HIV positive or not. Mm. We just, you know, the need is so great, and we just wanted to, make ourselves available for people who just needed secure and safe um, accommodation and protected, for want of a better word, accommodation. It's, and of course, I've got children mm, for Africa. Mm,
0: mm. you, you know, it's very difficult in times like these where the the needs continue to increase to kind of stick to one thing. And it seems that that's part of the um, you know the situation that you found yourself in that you've had to broaden up because the need just keeps coming from all of these different areas. How does that affect the ability then to be able to raise funds out there? Uh, whether it's in the marketplace, whether it's with different donors?
1: Kathy, it's been very, very difficult. Um, You know, last year there were organizations that gave COVID relief, and um, so we got some international funding, but the, the donor, even the international donor base, has shrunk drastically. And local support, we have, um, a large corporation that is, supports us on a monthly basis. And that seems to have carried us, but it's not helping at the moment, because our needs have grown, the demand on our services has grown, and the cost of living has gone skyrocketing, petrol has gone skyrocketing, and um, the Soweto Gospel Choir is a supporter of ours in as much as when they tour internationally, they raise funds for their outreach program that, program that we administer, and we get 50 percent of the money that is raised. They haven't been able to tour. We uh, were adopted by the Qantas airline cabin crew who come out and do hard labour at our project and bring funds with it? We haven't seen them for two years. So, and we, you know, we have an American organisation that comes out in June, July, and they are the performing arts arena, and they hold workshops with our kids, and we hold a concert at the market. Last year they couldn't come um and when they do come they bring funds with them for accommodation etc so the flow of income has just dried up it's like a drought and it's scary you know when you run an organization like this you are the mom mm-hmm. and everyone looks to you for their security which is a must and that's my responsibility but it's it's a lonely uh, position to be in because I can't let my extended family or my residents know that I'm scared of mm-hmm. where we are right now, mm. um, and you know it's very difficult. It's very difficult to cope and carry on smiling and and just being here for everyone when you're thinking you're. I need three hundred thousand to get groceries, meat, whatever, Mm -hmm. just now for the next four months, four weeks. So yeah, Kathy, it's 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 not easy, and COVID Mm -hmm. has has not been easy.
0: And and Gail, what is it that people can do to assist right now? Sorry, I I can't
1: tell you too well, Kathy. so, so,
0: So I'm asking you what it is that people can do to assist right now because I don't want to say, you know, do you expect government to do something because we know that that might also get caught up in bungling and, you know, red tape and all sorts of things. So what can people do to help you in the situation that you're in right now?
1: Kathy, you know, people have been phenomenal from a product point of view, um, but it's I need funds, and I hate saying this because it sounds so mercenary, but I've got to pay electricity, I've got to pay our petrol account, I've got to get the groceries and toiletries, I've got to get food um, into the deep freeze or meat into the deep freeze and things like that. So it's money. Um, People pop in here regularly and bring um a bucky load of veggies and and staples, but there is so much more you know normally our grocery bill is about eighty thousand, and my meat bill is about seventy five um because that's the way we live here you know the residents get meat every second day and we plan menus accordingly and things like that so right now it is cash. We owe electricity a fortune because during level five lockdown and up to level three, we baked bread for other organizations and donated over 66,000 loaves of bread because people were so desperate. And we... Had to do something, and of course that, oh God, that sent our electricity bills skyrocketing. And at the moment, no, I'm not being cut off, but I've got to make movement on the account. So yeah, it's 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 scary.
0: All right, Gail, thank you for coming on and for being as honest as you have been about the situation that you're in. I'm hoping that. There will be South Africans that are listening to this conversation, even organizations, uh, heads of organizations, CEOs, managers, who will be in a position to intervene and do something. So Gail Johnson is the founder of Ngosi's Haven, and you can get in touch uh, with Ngosi's Haven directly to help them. Uh, this is just to survive the difficult financial Turbulence um, that they are in in this moment. And, and I think, you know, we can all come together in, in different ways. There must be some corporates in South Africa that will be able to assist in this moment. Okay, we're edging towards midday. Before we get to that, a couple of your voice notes, and then I'll hand you over to the update at noon. Good morning, Katie.